Hello listeners, you are about to hear part two of the marathon session. If you haven't already, we encourage you to go back and listen to part one. This is a three-part episode, and part three will be released on Friday if you're listening to this the day it came out. We hope you enjoy what you've heard so far, and thank you for listening. Well, to move on from the January 6th topic, uh, we can get to some little bit more relevant news. It's uh, uh, the big scary COVID Delta variant. And I believe you had some news about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. <clears throat> well, um, I heard a report in, uh, you know, decently recently, <laughs> uh, relatively recently here, that, um, you know, really stuck out to my brain. The number 85% was what it claimed was the efficacy of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, period, you know, in regards to the regular COVID strain, the SARS-CoV-2 or whatever it is that we're all so terrified of. Um, so I think you heard that it was a different figure right out of the gate, that it wasn't even as high as 85, but from what I remember, it was 85 and you introduced, um, a concept to me about how, you know, those rates of efficacy decline over time, you know, as you progress forward in time past the initial date of vaccination, the FS efficacy declines from you know let's say 85 to 80 to 70 so on and so forth um right so <clears throat> what was interesting to me there was always an appeal to the johnson and johnson because of its one and done you know sort of mm -hmm. idea that you only needed the one you didn't need boosters you didn't need a round two um there shouldn't be any question about it really you've had the j and j you're good to go. Um, but now people, you know, those people, those worry warts uh, out there amongst us are now calling for, I think it's relatively predictable, but they're calling for a booster to the Johnson & Johnson shot <clears throat> because it's not effective enough from, effective enough from the get-go and... Uh, according to some, it provides little to no protection from the Delta variant, uh, you know, which everybody's up in arms about. That's on everybody's lips seems to be Delta variant. They're considering doing the masks again, as I understand. They're considering doing lockdowns again because of this variant, as I understand. Everybody asks, well, what do you think of the variant? Aren't you, aren't you nervous about the variant? <laughs> So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, I think it's interesting and slightly predictable that they are now calling for booster shots. And I've said it before right here on our channel. I mean, what's going to qualify as, uh, you know, immunity? What, when will be good enough? Mm -hmm. If they keep moving the goalpost over and over and over, you know, I've said, you could be taking booster shots forever. Right. Um, 
I think it's interesting. I've seen some memes. This is not in any of my notes. This is spur of the moment uh, conversation here, but <clears throat> I've seen memes where they question and they say, "Where has the flu? Where has flu season gone?" Yeah. So it's interesting to me because we're. It's almost like we've moved into a new phase of just studying COVID, and COVID is all anybody talks about, and and. It seems to me some some aspects of the old life have been totally taken for granted, wrapped up into this new language, into this new lifestyle, and people don't see the separation that that what used to be the flu is now COVID. <laughs> and there's nothing you can right. do or say about it. If you test positive on a test, your data on a sheet you are in the system, you are COVID positive, you know, you're... Right. Well, uh, you, like you mentioned a minute ago, that's, uh, uh, I pointed out to you in our off-air discussions that I recently just heard that uh, there were studies that found that the vaccine's efficacies diminish over time, and in conjunction with that, um, I was listening to a uh, video on YouTube from Fox News. It was Brian Kilmeade. Oh yes, with I love him. Um, yes, he's really good. He was talking to Martha McCallum, and one of the big things they were talking about um, is antibodies, and. Uh, how, and Brian pointed out that most people know where and how to get a, you know, active COVID test, if you will. Yeah, one that shows that you're infectious. This is interesting to me because I put this in my notes. I haven't pointed this out to you yet, but it is here in my notes. So you can find a test that shows that you are infectious very easily, can't you? Yes, yes, but Brian Kilmeade himself says he doesn't know, and he doesn't know very many people that do know where you can go get a test to see if you have antibodies to determine if you have been infected asymptomatically or to see if you're even carrying uh, the antibodies after you've been infected, which presumably you would be. Well, which and, sort of speaks to a sort of immunity, right? Right, yes. So yeah, it sort of is like an infectious test versus an immunity test. And right. why, how, come, how come that's not even a question? I mean, if you can be infectious, you can be immune, right? So yep. why are we only shooting at the infectious why is nobody studying the immune? Right. And one of the things that uh, Martha had pointed out was there's a study that shows from uh, natural immunity after being infected, your the immunity lasts at least 10 months. That's, all, that's what we know so far is at least 10 months. Oh, yes. And, and it's like a 90% or greater... You know, 
you know, a percentage that you're not going to get reinfected or seriously ill. And at the same time, we're learning now that the vaccines, the vaccines. after yes, six like months you said, just juxtapositions, the right. natural antibodies versus the damn vaccine that I will not take. <laughs> You find out the natural, just to recover from the virus, to get it and recover, right? Mm-hmm. Or to get it and, you know, some people have better immune systems than others. Get it and be unaffected. That would be your asymptomatic. <clears throat> to get it and not even be affected by it, basically. Right. That sort of immunity surely would be much stronger than a manufactured and injected and you know sort of a buy it at walmart sort of protection right and this is something that just popped in my head again i forget where i heard somebody talking about it but um you know they're even trying to get people who have been infected the vaccine why would you need to do that? Because one, I mean, that can really make somebody sick because they already have the antibodies and now you're putting a new bit of the virus in them. It's just going to try to fight it off. I guess the point is they're not even paying attention to the, you know, what natural immunity people have and how they're not putting much uh, thought into you know, studies for antibodies and uh, how effective that is on its own. Well, plus, if I may put it in there without going too conspiratorial, but you have to question the motives of the people who inject you for free. And there was a study out of Yale, I believe it was. I mean, I'd be happy to find it. I'll eat my shirt if I've done something wrong. I'll do the chicken dance or something. I... I'm not trying to put false information out to the people, but I believe it was a Yale study that showed something like 10 people in a survey had been vaccinated and were positive and asymptomatic for COVID. So they were fully vaccinated. They had COVID-19. They could pass it on to others. So tell me if that's true. If that's true, and I'm not making it up, and it's not a lie, and I didn't read a wrong report or whatever. Still, I mean, I believe I've asked this before. I think this question's come up. If you can be asymptomatic and vaccinated, you know, an asymptomatic carrier and be vaccinated, why get vaccinated? I don't understand. Just so you don't have symptoms or show symptoms? Is it purely personal egotistical so that i don't cough so i don't sneeze because if you still can carry it on to others why even do it i i literally don't understand it yep that's a good point and and uh lastly i think before we move on excuse me uh one thing i don't hear a lot of people talk about regarding this the delta variant is the fact that uh, it's only more 
infectious, as in it's, it's, I mean, contagious. It just spreads more, but it's not as uh, lethal, if you will. Yeah, it's not as or any more deadly than the original. And it doesn't seem like a lot of people understand that it's, that's part, excuse me, that's what happens with variants they all usually get weaker as in their effectiveness well but they can be more i don't know about all because you just reminded me of a thought that occurred to me while i was writing this i mean you know i was a classical studies major i studied greek and latin and the greek alphabet i have memorized and what's funny to me, it's it correlates to our alphabet too, so I'm not trying to be too pedantic or boring or anything like that, but for it to be a delta or a D variant, doesn't that already suggest, and how come this hasn't been pointed out by our media? Doesn't that already suggest there have been other variants? I mean, obviously there have. We've it's been in the headlines before people like you and I who really study the news know that there have been other variants before this one. But what right. I find They're to be give them geographical names. Yes. But what I find to be interesting now is to dwell on Delta is almost, um, a meta, you know, somebody from the literary world would, I think would understand that phrase very well, but it sort of is like a meta, term it it sort of shows on its face that there's obviously other variants so to dwell on one almost seems silly to me because yeah it might be worse like you're saying in regards to this characteristic or that attribute or maybe it makes me vomit a little bit harder or cough a little bit harder than the other one or you know whatever maybe it it kills people by point oh 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 one percent more than the other um i could understand things like that but um i just think it's a little on the nose you know they're talking about how this is a concerning variant but it's one in a list obviously they're using the greek alphabet and they're calling it delta but how long until we get to gamma how long until we get to Zeta? You know? Um, I think it's kind of silly to get bogged down on a particular letter when you know. See, that's what I think was kind of awakening about it when, you know, I just had a stray thought, but for it to be Delta out of the whole list, I mean, there's a whole alphabet to go. It's like the hurricanes, right? They'll run out. They'll start naming them new. They'll come up with a new system. (laughs) So it's really scary, especially when you listen to those in power. We've said it before right here on this channel. They've even talked about future strains. This will prepare us for the next one. It's really terrifying stuff, in my opinion. Oh, it is. So just looking back here at my notes before we move on here, there is one last point in this segment. Believe it or not. So I heard, Reed, and we talked about it uh, privately. Uh, I heard that the federal government, the state of California, 
And, you know, their power, those two in particular that I just mentioned, by power, they've kind of encouraged large businesses and corporations um, to require people to be vaccinated. And the only way out of being vaccinated, if you choose not to be, is to continually test negative over and over and over. You have to show, I think it's on a weekly basis is what I heard, that you are negative to be able to work. So, I mean, I think this corresponds maybe with something we possibly talked about in the last segment when we talked about jobs and automation. But I almost see this as another way of like, you know, sort of negatively encouraging uh, market participation in terms of jobs. I mean, if you're going to require me to be vaccinated and it's against my belief, I probably am not looking for a job right now. Not with you. Right. So I find it interesting that there's so much of an onus and so much on a burden on the job market, on employers to prove that their employees are negative for this disease. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like a huge cost to have to be testing weekly, especially in terms of what we've talked about? I mean, if you have antibodies, you're you sort of have a sort of immunity, a sort of um, what I mean, you're sort of immune, you know, that the true definition of that word. Why would you have to be testing whose insurance is going to be billed for it? Mine? I have immunity and they're going to bill my insurance weekly for a PCR test. They're going to bill the company. Who are they going to bill? They're going to bill the government. Who are they going to bill for this weekly PCR test? If this is applying, you say applying to companies in the state of California? Yes, and the ones who contract with the federal government. There's a federal... uh, I. I just heard it today, but I just looked today. You know, I've been on vacation. We made the viewers aware of that in the last segment. I've really just started doing most of my research, you know, like in the last three days. So um, I've missed some things, but as far as I know, that was the case, yes. Especially if the companies are actually going to have to foot the bill for all that, I I mean, companies are already leaving California left and right, so I could just see that speeding it up even more, possibly. I just find it absolutely preposterous. And I, you know, I almost loved, um, you know, we often, you know, we're two different people. So we often come from two different points of view uh, when we talk about any particular segment or issue. And uh, I was glad we could tie this together because... You wanted to talk, you know, something about <clears throat> the idea of why can't you get an antibody test? And, you know, Brian Kilmeade had brought that right. up in that segment that you had watched with Martha McCallum. And I- I'm fascinated by that idea, too. I absolutely am, because 
if you could test positive on an antibody test, I would almost want that to be your trump card, my trump card. If I could prove I've had the thing and gotten over it, why do I need to do the song and dance? Why do I need to be afraid? Why do I need to protect myself and test and test and test? I imagine, especially among a group of left leftists and liberals, even if you had your card saying you had your your antibodies and you're immune, they'd probably uh, like make you an outcast because they'd probably say, "Well, you you." Idiot Rube, to use one of the phrases of some guy on Don Lamont's show. I don't remember if you don't know if you remember that incident, but you got the you got you got the virus because you're too stupid to go get the vaccine. So even if people did walk around proven, you know they've got gotten the disease, they've they have their immunity. I don't think that'd be enough for these people who want want to push the vaccine so much well you've seen the five right on fox news i'm familiar with them for sure you know how greg often says permission to make an analogy sure (laughs) well i'd like to have permission to curse all right sure if a virus has already entered your body and shit in your system why would you also choose for some man in a white coat in a laboratory somewhere to shit in your system as well? What's the point? Especially if what he's going to shit into you comes from the same shit that the virus already shit. <laughs> so excuse me, pardon me, please. It's just an analogy. Like, I, my, my... <laughs> I admire Greg Gutfeld. So, I do this in honor of Greg Gutfeld, okay, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely a very, very good point. I think it is. And plus, I also saw a study from a uh, psychologist. I think you'd find this interesting. I think it was psychologists, not psychiatrists. But they found that people who curse are more honest. On average, obviously it's an average, it's a survey, it's a study, and we've talked about how statistics don't matter, but I find it kind of to be true, because if you're just going to say it as it is, you're probably going to curse, I think. (laughs) It at least makes sense and probably has a modicum of truth. Yeah, I mean, the the truth ain't always pretty, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Now, I I only got one last comment regarding the COVID stuff, and it'll actually kind of tie in right right to our next uh, topic. Mm-hmm. Is that now they're they're so concerned, um, as we've said, with people getting the vaccine and masking up over this Delta variant and stuff like that. But at the same time, we got monthly hundred plus thousand migrants coming to our southern border and very few of them I would say and I'm I'm not sure if we even have a way to get these numbers are vaccinated 
They probably have to self-identify. <laughs> yep, and we've already talked about that. So, and I haven't heard any of these, uh, you know, anybody in the liberal media talk about how we need to also be sending money down there for these poor kids in cages and their parents to make sure they're getting vaccines and giving them masks and stuff so they're not spreading the Delta variant around or who knows what variant might be down where they're coming from. Yeah, it might be like the Epsilon. (laughs) I don't even know. The Omicron. (laughs) I just think that's another example of, of course, the I guess hypocrisy of the left and I guess maybe it's not just the whole system. I'm sure the hypocrisy of the the whole whole system, man. Yeah. (sighs) We need to go in there. I think you and me ought to do it, Reed. Go in there like serpentine. You know? Record everything. We ought to just go vigilante. Serpico. (laughs) It's Serpico. Serpico. (laughs) Yeah.